All right, Pushing Rubber Podcast, 90, number 99, Adam, Adam Piggott. Oh, God, I'm just going to start drinking beer. There we go. First episode of uh, 2019. I'm just, I'm just going straight into it. I, 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 I'm not supposed to put out a podcast at the moment. Maybe I won't even put this out today. Maybe, maybe I won't do that. I won't put. Maybe I won't put the post. I'm, I'm, I'm going to record it now because I'm in the mood for it. I'm I'm sitting here and I'm feeling snappy. I'm feeling snappy. Hey, I've got my glasses. Oh, let me put them on. Oh, here we go. I've got my glasses. It's really weird having glasses. It was really funny because uh, I went in to get them, and, and if you listen to, I'll just put them on at the moment. Here we go. If you listen to last week's podcast, you would know that I was a little bit upset at the optician place for what they did. And I finally went in there. And the nice lady, because she was nice. I've kind of, I've calmed down. All right, I've calmed down. It's been a couple of weeks. I've calmed down. It's been 10 days since the last podcast came out. I'm calmed down. I'm calm now. I'm able to see things rationally. I was seeing things rationally before, don't get me wrong. I was seeing things rationally before. But I was a bit emotional as well. I get angry sometimes. I get angry. So kill me. I get pissed off. I get pissed off. I, and I get pissed off because people have fucked me around. That's the only time I get pissed off. I don't get pissed off uh, with no justification. There's always justification when I get pissed off. That's what... That's how these things work. Like, <clears throat> the people I work with... <coughs> I'm often I'm often called in in all my in all my careers. I'm I'm the one who's called in to arbitrate disputes. Oh, get at him, get him, because he's the he's the logical one. He's the calm, rational, logical one. We'll get at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do, man. I do. But it, if it comes to something personal for me, and I'm on the short end of a stick, and it's it's very unfair. I just snap, bang, the red curtain descends. And at that point, it's all, you know, all bets are off. Like driving. With the ex-good wife, I used to, I used to, the only time she'd really ever get annoyed with me was when we were driving together. And to be fair, okay, sometimes she may have had a point. I drove because the man drives. Even if, even, even if it was her fucking car, I drove. She got an Audi for a job when we moved to, uh, when we moved to Holland. And it's a nice Audi. It was a 2015 A4, top of the 2.0 litre, bu big dick wank S line with all of the the one that sits really low, tinted wind. You know, oh, I felt like a gangster, and when I drove it, I behaved like a gangster. But I drove it. Fucking man drives. The man drives. The man drives. Yeah. That's it. So if I, if I ever catch a plane and I hear the pilot start talking to a chick, it's like, oh, fuck. Here we go. And there'll be some poor cunt up there sitting next to the co-pilot who's a bloke. And he's just, you know, just the whole time she's flying, he's, just like, he's, got, oh, he's got his head in his hands. He's like, oh, 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 oh fuck. Fuck. Got his foot on the imaginary brake pedal on the plane. 
So as you know, sometimes I have a temper when I drive. I have a temper a lot of the times I drive. I, I, I don't get into the car mad. I'm just driving along and then someone will be doing something so stupid. I'll just go, you're a dumb fuck. Where did you learn to drive? Where did you get your driving license? Off the back of a packet of cornflakes? Let's just start going off. Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? That's what I do. Yeah. And I'll hold on for it for a bit afterwards while I'm driving. I'll hold on. I'll hold on to it for a bit. I'll hold on to it. I, I'm not going to deny it. i hold on to it. Fucking fuck. Fucking fuck. That's what I do. I, I wish someone would invent, you know, uh, like cheap stores, like convenience stores have the, have the programmable, you know, sign that you can program in something like uh, waffle burger mutant eggs five for a dollar and it, it goes around and repeats yeah i'd like to have one of those on the back of my car yeah so the car behind me can read it because it's always the fucking car behind you or maybe it's one on the top of the car like a taxi thing it's got the red Digital writing that comes across, and you can, you can flip front or back, but the front one is reversed, so the prick in front of you can read it in his fucking mirror. Yeah, so you know you're, you've got programs like one to ten, and you just write in because you're not going to have time to type into it while you're driving. Fuck it, hang on, fucking, where's the Z? Yeah, fuck, fuck. Yeah, you just press a button, so the guy behind you, uh, you're too close to me, you fucking dipshit! Exclamation point. Next one. Do you want a piece of me? We can pull over. Shit like that. Or for the guy in the front. Hey, fuckwit, how about moving over to the right-hand lane so we can all fucking pass you? That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? Why doesn't someone invent this? Why doesn't someone invent this? Yeah, I mean, when I drive, I have a bit of a temper problem. That's why I listen to classical music when I drive. I have the classical radio station on. <laughs> I only get in trouble if I'm starting to get annoyed and something like, you know, something will come on the classical thing like... If that comes on and I'm getting mad, well, I better change that radio station fucking quick. Some new age crap. So I go in to the shop. I go into the shop. And yeah, you know, I gotta admit when I when I started walking, I got close to the shop and I started walking and I started going through the same things through my head that I that I'd gone on about in last week's podcast. They started saying it was like someone had just turned on a tape. You set the expectation for me. My glasses were not ready in a week. Rinse repeat. I get to the shop and the, the, the you know the lady's there and she's probably in late thirties and she's quite attractive and she sees me as soon as I walk through the door and you can see a little gulp in her throat. Oh no, here he is. He's gonna fucking kill me. <laughs> anyway, I came in and she goes, ha 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 and she goes to the back of the shop immediately to get my glasses. She comes out. And before I can say anything, she puts her hand out and says, Happy New Year. So, of course, I have to shake her hand and say Happy New Year. Otherwise, I'm a complete cunt. Nice move on her part. Deflected everything. And she said to me, 
how was your holiday? And I said, it was fucking shit. I fucking hate holidays. I hate fucking holidays at family Christmas time, New Year's. I hate it. I fucking hate it. The only reason I went was I saw I wouldn't be sitting around the house by myself as like a sad cunt at that time of year. The only reason I went. I drove 12 hours in one direction and 12 hours back. Sleeping in uncomfortable beds the whole time. Oh, God. Getting back into my bed last night was just like, it was just like the, the, just the best, the best thing ever. The best thing ever. I just, I just, I can't, I got four days left off. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm back to work at Monday. I just want to spend the whole time in my bed. Now with my glasses and I can actually read. She gave me the glasses and uh, I put them on and I was like, straight away, I was like, ah, these are fucked. You're fucked. You fucked it up. I can't fucking believe it. You fucked it up. And straight away, like literally within five seconds, she stuck a bit like uh, something to read underneath me with all the different sizes. Oh, you fucked it up. Oh, oh, that's that's really good. And then I took the glasses off and I couldn't even read it. I was like, I've gone blind. And then my eyes kind of adjusted back and such a thing. But the glasses, I've got reading glasses. So everything's blurry at the back, in the background now. My lamp is blurry, but this thing here, this bit of paper with this very small writing is perfectly clear. I'm just worried that they're going to make my eyes weaker. And I've got these Moscot glasses, and they're the black and the yellow with the yellow like inset. And even the even the case has got it's black with a yellow stitch to match it. It's pretty fucking cool, to be honest with you. Moscot. The following Moscot product ID number authenticates your Moscot eyewear purchase and titles you to all privileges of the Moscot Limited Warranty. I can read this. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're great. I'm really happy with them. They look pretty cool. Uh, and, and I've kind of, I've taken to like, just putting them down and I look over the top of them. Yes. Yes. And then I use them again. Uh-huh. And I just think I'm turning it an old man. All I have to do is start smoking a pipe and the image is complete. The image is complete. How was the holiday? Oh. How was the holiday? Um. Ah. Oh. Look. Look. I got to take the, the the Mercedes for a spin. That was nice. And it was flawless. Absolutely flawless, I have to say. Uh, I got it. This was the first time I'd taken it on the German Autobahn. Where, of course, for those of you who don't, don't know, for long stretches of it, there's no speed limit. You can go as fast as you want. Um, and I had it up one point. Up, I, I was quite conservative. I, I just didn't feel like, you know, dicing with death. At one point, though, I was just cruising along and I looked down and I was I was almost at 200 kilometers an hour and I seriously thought I was doing 120 or 130. 
Uh, so that 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 Mercedes really, really. The Audi I got up to 180, and it started to fucking vibrate and just like like that. But the the Mercedes smooth. Um, spent Christmas the 24th. 25th, 26th at uh, a little town called Colbermore, uh, just outside uh, Munich. Quite close to the uh, to the Alps there, the German-Austrian side. Uh, and I have relatives there who very kindly put me up. And I also, my sister flew in, my young sister, she's only like 22 or 23, she flew in from Australia with her new boyfriend, who I was... Um, prepared because... This is the first boyfriend I've ever met of my sister. In fact, my sister's never had boyfriends. And I was quite prepared for him to be a complete... Because he's like 22 or 23 Australian. I was quite prepared for him to be an utter cock knob. And he just turned out to be really, really fucking cool and a great guy. And I was like, oh, wow. You didn't get a boyfriend the whole time I've known you and then you turn up with this guy. Well done, sis. Um, So he was very, very cool. And uh, we, uh, on the 24th, Colbermore uh, has this uh, tradition. Because for Germany, the, the big Christmas day is not the 25th, it's the 24th of December. And which was why me driving on that day to go, which is, Colbermore um, is eight hours from where I am in Holland. Um, that was just like the best day of the world ever to drive. I, I didn't have one traffic jam at all. I, I did, there was no cars on the road. There was literally, it was me and and and, and maybe a Clint Eastwood on a horse. That's all there was. It was it, more or less. It was just fucking bliss the whole way. Vroom, you know, vroom. And uh, I was supposed to get there for four o'clock. I told him I'd get there at two, around two o'clock. Uh, and I got there at 10 past two, which I thought was pretty darn fantastic. Um, and uh, because at four o'clock, they've got this uh, tradition in Colbermore where every, everyone uh, who's anyone in the town walks down to the church with the cemetery. And there's this church. And the church is in the middle of this cemetery. You know, uh, and everyone goes down there and puts candles uh, with this in a special red um container sort of glass container sort of thing on the gravestone and that and then the they've got these loudspeakers set up all strategically around the 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 cemetery and the priest does a sort of a recital thing and they've got and with some musicians they had like in a brass band or something inside the church and it's all broadcast over the thing so we go down there and it's like it's like 4 p.m that this happens so this is like getting into twilight at this time of year uh, and the whole of the cemetery and the church ground was lit with all of these uh, candles in red uh, holders, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. Uh, there must have been a good 800 people down there, maybe even a 1,000 people. And we walked down and went to the grave of the parents of uh, my German uncle, um, and I was, it was just a really lovely ceremony thing to do, a really cultural thing to do. Everyone's standing in silence, listening to the thing, respectful. And as we were standing, I'm, you know, I'm pretty, oh, I can't understand German. No, I've got to admit, German's quite close to Dutch. I mean, I was, I was understanding like more than I bargained for, that's for sure. 
Um, but I'm, I'm there, I'm looking at the gravestones and I'm looking at the... I, my eye gets naturally drawn to the date of birth and the date of death. The first thing I do whenever I see a date of birth, date of death, is work out how old were they when they died, how many years did they have, yeah? And let me tell you, this is a long-lived family. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, but the second thing that drew me, this is Germany, close to Munich, was the dates of birth of the male members because there was more than one. There was like five or six people on the big stone. They got this huge stone, but there was five or six names there. And it turns out that the father of my uncle was born in something like 1921. So I do, I do the fucking, I do the sums, and I'm like, well, outbreak of World War One or World War Two, sorry, he's uh, he's right there. And and then it's got listed also um, the professions, engineer. So I'm thinking medical de- uh, engineering degree, university degree, time World War Two officer. Get talking with my uncle later that night, and turns out, yes, his father was indeed in the Wehrmacht as an officer and fought extensively on the Russian front and then got wounded, um, shell fire in shoulder arm, a few other places, invalided it out, which meant that he survived it. Um, and I thought that was pretty fucking amazing. And my cousin young cousin uh dug up some photos of him in his uniform there uh in colbermore with his wife um and there you go i just really really interesting uh interesting historical stuff so we spent we spent christmas there uh gave out the gifts i took them all some i took them one of my hairs from my hunting uh the butcher butchered it up froze it for me Took the hair there, and on on Christmas uh, Day, on the 25th, I cooked it up for them with lots of mustard on the hair and onions and wine and stock and that sort of thing. It turned out pretty good. We ate that, took them some cheese, took them some strop waffles, which are the the Dutch kind of uh, uh, waffle thing that you have for breakfast. They're quite nice. Um, And everyone was very happy with that, uh, which was good. And we went into Munich. On the 26th, it was fucking freezing. Oh, on the 25th, we took uh, my sister and her boyfriend, and it was, we went up to see fresh snow. So it was his first snow, being from Australia, so he was freaking out. And that was good. Then we did some sledding. Anyway, then I drove across to Italy, hung out with my mate, Aussie mate, who was Milo in the first book, uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill. Uh, I won't tell you his real name. Hung out with him, hung out with Nono, uh, it was in the second book, um, and, um, and but then for New Year's Eve, I went and hung out with my crazy friend Didi from the second book. Uh, Didi, of course, is Mr. Heil Hitler himself. Heil Hitler! <laughs> uh, and um, uh, New Year's Eve with, with, with Didi and, and his wife is, uh, let's just say, exhausting. Um, uh, and they had some friends over. There was a bunch of girls there as well, and and I, yeah, I was pretty shattered. And then came back again, and I got back yesterday evening at about five or six o'clock. I got to be honest, I was driving back because the ex-good wife was looking after the house while I was away, uh, and a, a, a small dark part of me was half expecting the house to be empty when I got home, even if that wouldn't make any sense at all. Um, a small dark part of me was expecting me to walk in the door and I'd be sleeping on a 
inflatable mattress that night. Um, needless to say, the house was not empty. Though the the kettle wasn't there, and I was thinking, why'd you take the kettle? Turned out it broke. So she had to throw it away. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Christmas and New Year without the good wife that I've spent the last 10 or 11 years on Christmas and New Year's with. Um, uh, wow, well, breakups like this are shitty. They're shitty for two reasons. Is that whenever you get really depressed, Whenever you get depressed, whenever something no, whenever something negative happens to you, you immediately think of the of the relationship breakup, and you just amplify whatever's happened to you like fifty fucking thousand times. It's like it's like nuclear warp speed. Just put the warp drive down like that for the negativity to go off. Uh, that's the that's the first shitty thing about about a really bad breakup. In the sense of bad breakup, in the sense that it's someone that. You've been with her a long time, and you and you thought you were going to be with her for the rest of your life, and it didn't happen that way. The other bad thing is the is when good things happen to you, because the, the, you know, it's nice you're enjoying a nice experience or whatever the hell it is, and then and then and you just immediately think, and why aren't I sharing it with that person? Ah, which just turns it to shit. Uh, that that's just what it's that's just what it's like. That's just what it's like. of course of course. Christmas sucks, which is why it was good to be with family and my sister and her new boyfriend, and you know they're all young and and you know and happy and rah rah rah, and they were very pleased to see me, and I was pleased to see them, and my uncle and his lovely family, and my aunt from New Zealand, and rah rah rah, who lives in Germany, and my cousins, and yeah. so it was it was good distraction time, it was good distraction time, um, but then New Year's Eve, it's just like it's cat. I, I just wanted to go to bed on New Year's Eve at 10 o'clock. That's all I wanted to do. I, I don't know why. I, I just, because New Year's Eve comes around, everyone does the countdown, and then everyone kisses. I'm in a, I'm in a room full of Italians. There must have been 10 or 12 people there. I'd met most of them for the first time that night. They were all very nice. Uh, we're having a nice time, but I was just dreading the countdown and all the kissing because, because once again, what are you thinking? You know, what are you thinking of? You're thinking... You're thinking of that, and that's uh, and that's it's just fucked, um, and that's the reality. That's reality. I don't know how long that's going to go on for. I got no idea. Um, probably a long time. Probably a long time. Let's be honest. It's probably going to go on for a long time. That's that's how these things work. Um, there's nothing I can do about that. Hey, hey, That's the way the cookie crumbles. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Anyway. Uh, I've just got it. It's, it's got dark again here. Just before doing the podcast, I went around and turned on all the lights in the house. Uh, I like having the lights on. I like having the lights on. Yeah? You know why? Because I don't want to live in fucking darkness. That's why. I like having the lights on. I've shared houses with people in the in the past. They don't. If you're not in the room and using it, you turn off. Why? Why? It's dark. You know, we invent electricity so we can have light. It's not light from uh, uh, one. Uh, uh, the cost is infinitesimal. <sighs> I turn on all the lights in the house. All the lights in the house, apart from the bathroom. Maybe I should turn that on too. And the toilet. Aha. I want them all on. As soon as it starts getting a little bit, you know, a little bit nebulous and dark, boom, lights on. Every single light. I like lamps. 
I'm a big guy for lamps. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of downlights. I'm not a fan of downlights at all. Um, and of course, I'm here in my study. God knows how long I'll have it for. But I have a lamp on a table, a big one, and another lamp on my desk, a smaller one. And there is no actual fixed light in the room because uh, I removed it when we were renovating the place. I never stuck it back on. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about light. Probably because I was thinking of cheapskates who never put the fucking lights on. All you cheapskates who don't put the lights on. What's wrong with you? Really? What's wrong with you? Huh? I mean, listening right now. Are you one of them? Are you one of them? Ah, turn the lights off. We've got to save the world. And you fly, take a jet. Oh, let's go. Uh, let's go to Venice for the weekend. I get the flights are only forty dollars. Ah! Yeah, I just, I'd, I'd rather have the lights on. I'd rather have the lights on. Huh? I'd rather be able to to walk around my house and not stumble into furniture and break all my toes on my foot. I want the lights on. Hmm. Lights are good. You know, the darkness, the darkness. You know, before electricity, the darkness. They used to have guys who'd walk around the town with a bell and a lamp. Oh, one o'clock's all well. Uh, you know why? Because dark was dangerous. It was dangerous. That's what it was. It was dangerous. Dark was dangerous. Dark was terrifying. Literally raped, murdered, butchered, taken to pieces in the dark. Street lamps. Oh, my God, street lamps. That's why this whole Earth Hour thing is not just... Not just virtue signalling, environmental climate fucking virtue signalling. Literally the difference between the first and the third world is being able to switch something on, on, on your wall and the light goes on. If you didn't have that, if you're reduced to fucking candles, oh my lord. And good luck with your Christmas lights. Good luck with your Christmas lights. I didn't put up any Christmas decorations this year. I wasn't in the fucking mood. So sue me. I wasn't in the fucking mood. I wasn't in the mood for Christmas decorations. I wasn't in the mood for a tree. I was going to put up a tree. I seriously thought about this. The day before I left for my holiday and the ex-good wife was coming into the house. I seriously thought of putting up a big fucking tree and decorating the whole thing. Just to make her feel some sort of emotional guilt. But I just couldn't be fucked. I couldn't be fucked. I was like, oh, to dig the... I could have to dig the decorations out of the box. Decorations that we chose together last year made a big deal out of it. We got a big tree. Last year we did the big tree. It was fucking massive. We got the biggest tree we could find. I went down to the, the, the hardware store. They were doing trees. And I went, what's your extra biggest one? And they go, and they pointed me, well, it's not big enough. I want something else. Got a really big tree. Really big tree. This year, no tree. I didn't even put the wreath on the door. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm not in a Christmassy mood. Fuck ya. Not in a Christmassy mood. Not at all. Not in the slightest. Not even a tiny bit. Uh, what can I say? I didn't go skiing. Uh, the Austrian and German side of the Alps was absolutely pummeled with snow. And, and cold, and literally I drove over the Bremer Pass, and I think the temperature rose 10 degrees in about 100 metres, 
Italy ain't getting any snow. Uh, they had some snow in November, which kind of saved them. But basically, the slopes were ice. Um, that was it. And as a snowboarder, you just don't go up in those conditions. You just don't do it. There's no point. There's no point. I took my my snowboarding gear along with me. I didn't take my board, thank God. It's old anyway. I would have just rented a board anyway. Um, but there's no point. And it's the worst time of year between Christmas and New Year. You're not getting a busier period than that. So no snow, pack full of people. Uh, and apparently fucking a, a day pass in, in Val di Sole has gone up to 45 euros. 45 pingers for a fucking day pass. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. I'm just finishing a Weissteiner Weiss beer. I am addicted to this shit now. When I was in Germany, that's the only thing I drank. Um, I've had my differences with my German uncle, but I have to admit, you know, some things he's very good. When I walked in the door, literally 10 seconds after I walked in the door, I had a beer in my hand. Yeah, literally, like not even a choice, like, oh, would you like it? Boom, there is a beer in your hand. And now, that's what I call no mucking around. Just boom, there's a beer in your hand. There you go. Yada, 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 yada. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and uh, and it was a vice beer. And oh, I never liked vice beer in the past, but man, I just love vice beer now. I'm absolutely, I think it's all I'm ever going to drink ever again. If anyone offers me like uh, a lager or something, I'll just like, get that shit away from me. Get that shit away from me. Just like, Ah, vice beer all the way. So I've had a week of drinking vice beer in Germany, and we went out to like uh, into Munich, which was a cool, cool city actually. Uh, very historical. Uh, amazing that anything was left standing after the fucking Americans bombed the shit out of it. Um, uh, there's the 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 closest big town to um, uh, War was Rosenheim which is like a few k's down the road, and it's quite a big town, and that was bombed in the war as well. And the last bombing was like a major bombing, and the biggest bombing they ever had was on the 18th of April, 1945. The 18th of April, 1945, was the biggest bombing that they had on Rosenheim. It's like, come on, man. Really? Really? Are you just like, you've got all these planes and all these pilots and all these bombs and you you just don't know what to do with them anymore at this time of the war? I mean, seriously. Seriously. Just like, I mean, the Americans and the British at the end were just fucked. They were fucked. Why the fuck are you bombing the shit out of Dresden? What'd you do that for? What did you do that for? Okay, the Germans hit your cities in 1940, but apart from Coventry and London, you know, and Liverpool, they were mostly fucking ineffective. And you just wiped them off the face of the earth. It's just bomber Harris and these guys. I just, I just, I just really the Allied bombing campaign really, uh, especially when I when I when I discover stuff like that. You you wiped out Rosenheim, this little fucking town at the foot of the Alps. On the 18th of April, 1945. What a bunch of cunts. What a bunch of cunts. What, what, what sort of cunt does that? 18th of April, 1945. The Germans couldn't get two bazooka teams together by that point. You know? You're, you're battering down the, the balls to Berlin and you're going to wipe out fucking Rosenheim? I mean, fuck. 
The war ended like three weeks later. Come on. I just, I just, uh, and I'm really, the, the Germans are still so fucking guilt-ridden about the whole thing. You just can't bring them up, up with them. I want to say it's all, I, you know what I wanted to say to the German relatives. I wanted to say with the Germans I met over there, I wanted to say it's all right. It's all right, you know. You guys had the raw end of the stick. You had some maniacs who you kind of followed. But also, you were the only one fighting the fucking communists, weren't you? We were probably on the wrong side to begin with. We should have been on your side. And Poland. Who gives a fuck about Poland? Why are we declaring war on Germany? Because they invaded... You invaded Poland. Oh, it's the fucking Poles. They can look after themselves. Jesus. Did it, you didn't, we didn't declare war on Russia when they invaded Poland two weeks later, did we? No. So that whole thing goes out the window. Ah! Ah, Germans invaded uh, Poland. Well, we've got some obscure bloody alliance treaty. Ah, what do the Frenchies say? What do the Frenchies... Oh, fuck it. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll declare war on Germany. Yeah, yeah, done it. Yeah, oh, they have to pay. Ah, oh, you can't just go and invade Poland. Does anyone know any Poles? No, I didn't think so. Oh, you just can't go and invade Poland. Ah! Oh. That's just off the tables. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Oh, good. Start sinking their ships. Start sinking their ships. Get the Royal Navy right. All right, two weeks later. Uh, the Soviets have... In, what's this? The Soviets have invaded Poland as well. On the side of the Germans. Ah. Ah. Oh, that's a bit tricky, isn't it? Ah. Shit. Shit. Ah. Oh. Um, right, uh, how many divisions have the Russians got? A lot. More than Germany. Ah. Are they any good? Ah, they're big, big, big. What's this, what's this tank? They've got the KV-1. What's that? That looks, that's, that looks like, that looks like it could beat a Matilda, doesn't it? Ah. Ah. Um, alright. So, what? Ah, oh, we're going to declare war on Stalin as well. All right. Ah. Um. Let Let's think about that for a moment. Yeah. 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 Did we have an alliance with the Poles, with the Russians, with the Poles and the Russians? Did we have one of those? No. Ah. Oh. oh. Well. Oh, we can't. Oh, we can't declare. I oh, can't declare war on them, can we? Oh no. No, uh, I tell you what, what we'll do is we'll have an alliance with Russia, who have an alliance with Germany, and we got war on Germany. Yep. Brilliant. See if that'll fly. I doubt it will. Uh, but if it doesn't, we're really in the shit. And I mean, like, shitbags here. I mean, oh, we are so... No one saw that alliance coming, did they? Russia and Germany, you know. Soviets and the fascists. No one... Nazis and the... Ah, oh, no one saw that one coming, that. So what, you know, I mean, when I hear this stuff about Rosenheim being bombed on the 18th of April, 1945, it's just like, you just want to, you just want to dig up these Air Force guys and slap the fuck out of them. You really do. You really, really, really fucking do. What we should have done was realise that Stalin was up to no good, had a bit of a chat to old Adolf and say, all right, mate, you've been a very naughty boy. This is around 1943. Yeah? All right, Adolf, let's have a chat. A little conference with Adolf. Look, mate, you've been a very naughty boy. 
a very, very naughty boy. You're going to have to give up France, okay? You're going to have to give up France. You're going to have to give up Norway and Denmark. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You can keep the sudden tail, all right? That's fine. But you're going to have to get... Uh, you've got to get out of Greece as well. You've got to get out of Greece as well. And Yugoslavia. Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep your alliances with Romania and Hungary and all the rest of it. That's fine. You've got to give up those places. What we're going to do is help you out with this Stalin guy. Because we're a little bit worried. Just a little bit. We're a little bit worried about him. And we might be having a talk to the Japs as well. Because it looks like they're having problems with the cunt also. Yeah? 1943. 1943 is when they should have done this. They should have done this. Boom. And the real war would have begun. With the left-wing Soviet cunts. But no, they bombed Rosenheim in April 1945. I mean, really. What sort of fuck does that? What sort of fucks do that? I just... I just... Ah... Ah... Uh, oh my god, what's this? Oh, yeah. uh, shout outs, Captain Capitalism. Aaron Clary. Aaron Clary. Uh, he sponsors my blog. Um, and my podcast. So, he needs a shout out from me. Um, and look, 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 look. Cappy has books on multiple topics, but they're mostly financial. And look, knowing you guys listening to this, your financials are fucked, which means you spend more than you earn and you've got debt and you've got no plans at all for what you're actually going to do with your retirement or how you're going to fund that. You're probably studying some ridiculous, worthless degree. You need to read Aaron Clary's books and he will help you to help yourself. That's what you need Aaron Cleary for. You can also, if you've got a pressing problem, you can go to his asshole consultancy and he will answer your questions in the form of a video. Let's have a look at what, let's, let's just, I, I'm just gonna look at the latest video he's put up. Here we go. Fashion will not get you laid. Uh, and he's got a little thing under here. Go to the gym, you soy boy idiots. Um, well, as the comment says, ZZ Top will beg to differ on there. That um, it depends on what part of the world you're in. I got to tell you right now, if you're talking about Eastern European chicks, particularly Russians, Estonians, Lithuanians, uh, Moldovians, those sort of girls. Don't ask me how I know this. If you're talking about those sort of girls, actually, you know what? Yeah, you need to be pretty well dressed. You got to be pretty well dressed. You got to be sharp. You got to be sharp. Um, on the look on the subject of clothes, oh, I'm I'm quite sharp. I'm pretty sharp. Um, I'm definitely not a dull blade. I'm not the sharpest blade, but you don't want to be. Look, with fashion, it's it's an interesting one. If you're too sharp then it's just ridiculous. It's just like, now you're doing it because for motives which are unclear and and and, and just undecipherably narcissistic. Um, I think that the, the, the most fashion ridiculous person I've ever met 
was a chap in Italy. Uh, he, I did a, I did an English course for winemakers in Trentino, and he, this guy owned his own castle, and there was uh, in Trentino, literally owned his own castle, and the winery was attached to the castle, so he was the winemaker. Um, and he came into the course with all the other winemakers. It was a really good course. I made some great contacts there for wine. I've got to tell you that right now. But he came into the course, and he was dressed like a peacock. I mean, he was dressed like, and he was probably in his 50s, something like that. He was dressed like, I'd say he had four or 5,000 euros worth of clothes on him every single time I saw him, and every single time it was different. But it was just, it was just... Uh, it was his costume, I suppose. It was just too much. Look, you can't be a slob, boys. You can't be a slob. For instance, you cannot leave the house wearing any type of tracksuit gym wear attire unless you're physically engaged in running down the street and you're going to return straight home. Yeah? I mean, it's just not acceptable. All right? You need... You need pants, boys. You need pants. And they've got to be cut right. Look, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Good fashion is, is looks... Good fashion looks like you're well-dressed, but you're not trying. Okay? That's what good fashion is. Good fashion looks like you're well-dressed, but you're not trying. And I have to say this. Fashion will not get you laid on Aaron Cleary's thing here. i got to say, Aaron, I watched your videos. Let's, let's have a little watch of this. Let me just let's turn this down here. And let's see what Aaron is wearing while he's doing this video. Okay, he's wearing, A, he's bandaged his hand with duct tape, which is kind of freaky. Um, all right, I can only see, he's got his camera, normally Cappy's got his camera mounted so you can see, like, most of his upper body, but here we're kind of just seeing him from the shoulders up. Uh, he's wearing some sort of uh, white sweater, um, which... On its own, as fashionable attire goes, is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Um, he does, however, look like he's got a $5 haircut. Or he just hasn't made any effort today with, you know, styling uh, the very short cut that he has. Um, and now I've got, a, not, I've got not, not a problem with a very short cut. You can make a very short cut for very, very well. Um, but... Uh, he hasn't made much of uh, much of a, an effort here. Um, I, I'd have to watch the video here to get an idea of what he's saying. But fashion will get you laid. I'm sorry, I, I got to I got to disagree with Cappy. Fashion will get you laid if you do it right. If you do it right, um, it's the complete package. It's the complete package. A, a well dressed man who doesn't look like he's trying, and who looks comfortable. Look, the secret to clothes is looking comfortable, boys. The secret to clothes is looking comfortable. You can't be self-conscious when you're wearing your clothes. If you buy new clothes 
and they make you feel self-conscious, the only way, the thing you have to do is wear the fuck out of those clothes so they become your second skin, so you're not even thinking about the fact that you're wearing them. They just have to be part of who you are. Uh, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm going to dis- disagree with Cappy on this one. I, I think clothes... Uh, clothes are very important, even more so in today's world where uh, clothes, clothing, formal attire was taken away from men starting in the 1970s um, to be re- re- replaced with, you know, casual Fridays seven days a week. And I, and you can see this, you can see this whenever you travel by aeroplane. When you go to the airport, uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you go to the airport and people made an effort to get dressed when they went on a plane. Now, now they literally look like they've dragged themselves out of bed. They have these, uh, they have this television show here in Holland, which is a, it's the Australian Border Patrol, you know, coming into the airport, rah, 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 rah. And the thing that strikes me about this is not how stupid the people are, nor is it how anyone would ever let commercial television stations film them for their own profit in this way. Uh, just sort of on a bit of a deviation here. There is no way. There is no fucking way if I was going through an Australian airport and had a film crew there that I would allow them to film me. I would just, at that point, I don't care. I know that there's nothing in my bags. Rah, 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 rah. I'm just going to blanket say to the things. Take these fuckheads away from me. I'm not going to make a commercial television station money. I'll sit here all day. I don't care. I really don't care. It's the principle of the thing here. Get the camera out of the face, my face before I shove it down your throat. It's just, it's just no way. There is absolutely no way. And it's just like these people are just allowing themselves to be filmed while while they're getting busted for some, I just it's beyond the level of stupidity that's going on on that. The levels, the layers of stupidity, like lawyers say to you, whatever you do, don't say anything. And literally it's all on Channel 7's tape. I just it's 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 beyond belief. It's beyond belief. But the other thing that really strikes me in those videos is how badly everyone coming through the airport is dressed. They literally look like they've just got through a dope bong smoking competition session at uh, David Benny's place around the back shed. That's what they look like. That's what they look like. And they've got on a plane and travelled internationally. I think as a man, especially as a young man, to dress well today, remember... You can't be self-conscious and it's got to look like you're not trying. And this is hard. It's so worth the effort because you really are going to stand out for the rest of the pack. Because the rest of the pack looks fucking shithouse at the moment. They look absolutely terrible. Now, I don't know what Aaron's saying on this particular video. Will fashion by itself get you laid? Well, no. Obviously it won't. But is it a piece of a package? Yes. Are women looking for a package in a man? Yes. They are looking for someone who's interesting. And knowing how to dress yourself, boys, I'm sorry, but this counts. This does count. It's really important. Yeah? You have to be able to match your belt and shoes. You have to understand why that's, put, that's important. You, know, you, you have to know how to tie a tie. Yeah? Double, double four slip knot. You have to know how to do this stuff. Um, 
So yeah, I'm gonna have to disagree with Cappy on that. But uh, watch his video so you can see, you know, why I disagree with him. And you know, you can well, you can work it out yourself. Have your own opinion. Bunch of fucks. All right, look, this has been the Pushing Rubber Podcast, um, back for 2019, episode 99, which means next uh, next time is episode 100. How about that? Um, and uh, if you like this, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can su- subscribe to my blog, Pushing Rubber Downhill. We're up to 350 subscribers now. That's pretty good going. That's pretty good going. Um, and... Find my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill, A Journey to Manhood via Whitewater Adventures and Run Guts Pull Combs, a raft adventure in the Italian Alps. You can get them on Amazon, you can get them at Best Buy, you can get them on Book Depository, you can get them fucking anywhere you want. Uh, two books coming out this year, I promise you. Two books coming out this year, promise. Um, maybe even three if I get my shit together big time, and why wouldn't I? Um, this has been Adam Piggott. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this rant. Tune in next week for next week's rants. Don't you go changing. Ciao.